Welcome to Real Dog Talk with Perfectly Imperfect Pups. Real dog, real people with real talk. Today we are drinking bread and butter Pinot Noir and it's freaking delicious. Um, So this is kind of a follow-up to the last podcast. So if you've not listened to the last one, go back, listen to that, come back to this one. Um, We have been talking about the state of the dog world because it's it's a freaking emergency right now. So today we're chatting about like how you can help. And one of the reasons, one of the ways you can help is by fostering. So today we are joined by one of my good friends, Heather Pack. Hi, Heather. Hi. She is a PIPS pioneer. So our pioneers are ones that kind of founded the rescue. She's a board member, a foster, works in the foster team. You're a little bit of a jack of all trades. A little bit. Yeah. Social media for a while. Yep. Oh, and our to-go-to person when we need training advice. I mean, let's not put that out there. Okay. Yeah. She's not a professional <laughs> trainer. People do not call her. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> I put a lot of freaking disclaimers on this podcast. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's very good. I don't want to be sued for anything that I've said. Very proud These of you. These are all our opinions. <laughs> right. Um, so I just, you know, I think um, some people have misconceptions about fostering and how it works and all of that. So I just thought we could take a few minutes and kind of chat about it. Like, what is fostering? Why it's important, especially now? And in the last one, did you listen to the last one about how the show, well, you know, but did you listen to the last one? Yes. Talk about to- the overcapacity in the shelters and how they're just full, more full than we've seen them. I've never seen them this way. Time. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary and it's heartbreaking. Mm. We are seeing so many good dogs put down right now. Yes. In the shelters. And it's not their fault. The shelters are overcapacitated and they only have so much space and they have to take dogs in when they come to them. So there's no choice. Right. And people don't realize that there are not just mutts off the street there. There's purebreds. There's every kind of dog there. Um, And everybody has their reason for unloading or letting go of what is supposed to be their family friend well yeah i would never unload even though yeti is barking and i would like to unload him right now just kidding yeti i love you um uh but yeah i mean for instance you have a purebred mutt at your house i do have a purebred mutt yes (laughs) yes this one is what an aussie doodle is what we're calling it's a purebred mutt is what it is (laughs) but somebody gave it up because they couldn't afford it that's right that's exactly a prime example of how um, some of the dogs end up in shelters. They're yes. not just strays. And the owner surrenders are the first to be euthanized. So Now, I didn't know that. See, you learn something new every wow. day. Wow. No, I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, owner surrenders are. So, you know, we were lucky and we had you yeah. open as a foster and we could take that dog in. And that's kind of what we're chatting about is fostering. So that's why it's so important is because with those... Um, shelters at the capacity that they are, the more dogs we as rescues can take in, the more it it alleviates some of what they're going through. Yes, definitely. And so as a foster, um, you know, it's super simple. You fill out an application um, and our foster team works with you, uh, process your application, and then they have a conversation with you about kind of what your expectation, what their expectation is, where um, you're kind of you know, what is going to be a good fit for you? Because I think that that's super important. We're not just going to hand you the next dog that comes through the rescue. We're going to work with you to figure out what is a good match for you. It is super important. And it really, 
you know, we'll wait as long as we need to for the right dog to come along to fit. Because it's going to eventually. It Yes, it definitely will. But yeah, I love that we work really hard to find out about the lifestyle of the foster, what their dogs are like, what their children are like. Um, there's a lot to take into consideration and we want the best we want to set them up for success the absolutely. dog and the family or person yeah absolutely because that's super important is to set everybody up for success so that um you know that dog has the best chance for adoption and they're gonna have the best chance of adoption when they have a good fit for a foster absolutely and you know if you're working full-time we're not going to give you an eight-week-old puppy <laughs> that is true <laughs> That is and true. Although some of us would like to take an eight-week-old puppy. But, but if you're away from the house, it's not a good fit. Not a good fit. It's also not a good fit if you have a, let's say, a really active dog. And you're just not that family who has time to go hiking or on walks. Right. Or if you don't do that, if you don't have like an active lifestyle or even want to start getting active, you know, and have a friend go with you, um, it's not a good idea to take on a high-energy breed. Exactly. So we do try to work with you and uh, figure out what the best is. And most good rescues will do that. Um, The other thing that I love about getting involved with a rescue is, um, you know, I've met some of my best friends through rescue. Ditto. You being one of them. Ditto. (laughs) Um, And it's, I think it's super, I mean, it, it, you it becomes a lifestyle right like you we try to make fun events so you go and you would drink beer with your friend and you talk about dogs and try to pedal them yeah it was my it's you know it's funny because rescue was at one time one of my only social outlets right you know it helped me get out of the house get fresh air um meet amazing like-minded people It was great. It's very social when you want it to be, if you want it to be. Absolutely. I mean, you can come do an event and then talk to very few people and then leave. Or you can make it a part of your life and meet some fantastic people. So, I mean, I think that it has some, um, you know, really great reasons to do it. Not just saving dogs, but like you're teaching your children all about um, how it is to help your community. Yes, that is a great point. Yes. And for me, it's super fulfilling. I remember one of our events, one of the first one event that one of the first events that we had, and there was a little girl and she was too young to officially volunteer, volunteer for us. But we would let her get involved by walking or holding some of the dogs Mm -hmm. to give the handler a break if they were kind of mild mannered dogs. And that was her way to get involved. And it was just it was so sweet. It is. There's so many, you know, it, I, I love it. it. It's my therapy. When I have a bad day, I'm, I usually end up at the shelter. Yes. And I usually take far too many dogs. <laughs> it's also very... I withdraw um, a lot of dogs. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yes. I'm going to start calling Cheers it that. To that. Withdraw dogs. Withdraw dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So... I think the other misconception with fostering is people think it's going to cost you money and it really isn't going to cost you anything. Um, A good rescue will pay for everything. Their medical, 
all of their supplies. Now, some of our fosters do choose to feed um, their foster dogs the same food that they feed their own dogs at their own cost, but we can also supply all of the food, all of the medication, everything to them. Yes, and that was actually what took me so long to get into fostering is because I thought I couldn't afford it. Right. I put off looking into fostering for such a long time because I thought that. Um, And then I just did a little more research and reached out and found out that all of the things that we take care of, including grooming, if it's a dog, a floof that gets a haircut. (laughs) Yeah. One of those pure... (laughs) bread mutts yep yeah those purebred mutts we will pay for the grooming while they're in our care um medication supplies all of it pretty much anything amazon delivers yeah (laughs) we'll supply amazon um yeah and so you know i think the the only thing that you need to put into it is a little bit of love a little bit of time and a little bit of the start of training now you don't have to be a trainer to start fostering and and we don't expect you to turn you know a dog completely around or anything but you start that basic house training that basic crate training and we have people to help you throughout the whole way if you have questions on how to do that and i would say love and patience yes are the two most important things that you have to have love and patience um it is I don't know. It's just part of the process. It is. Well, I mean, some of these dogs have never felt love before. Right. And some of them have come from homes where the second that they misbehave, they're punished. And so that puni- that that patience to teach that dog that punishment is not always going to be the way, that sometimes it's just redirection and guidance. And sometimes it takes that dog a few times, but once they figure it out, don't you love that light bulb in their eyes when they figure it out? Yes, absolutely. The most rewarding moment are when you see a breakthrough um, such as that, you know, and it just takes, it takes some time. You have to have patience enough to give that first few days or weeks even Mm -hmm. if, um, that foster doesn't get scooped up, you know, and almost immediately, but some patience to let that dog settle into your life and you will reap the rewards of what it means to be a foster. It, definitely. And I think it's, um, I love, I love that, that little, for me, it's like a little high when that dog starts to get it and, and kind of figure things out and you see them go from this guarded dog to this all of a sudden this relaxing you know the first time that um my just my more recent foster the first time that buddy ever like leaped and jumped around when he well quote unquote saw me because he was blind but the first time like I woke up in the morning and he realized that I was awake and he came to say hello and his whole butt was wagging and he was jumping around and that was the first time I'd ever seen like that big of a personality and that much of him to relax enough to let his personality come out I remember you calling me and telling me about that and that was the best and then to hear his adopter tell me the same thing like I woke up and he shook his whole butt he was so excited to see me and I was like yes 
And it didn't take as long for her as it did for me because I had taught him that it's okay to let your guard down a little bit. Yes. And you can relax and in the world and you can move through the world and it's not this big, scary place you have to be blocked in from. If any, if I don't know if you guys have heard Buddy's story, but Buddy was um, very scared, um, intimidated. Yeah. And we removed him from a situation, and he just grew and blossomed and became the dog that he's actually supposed to be. And yes. it's amazing. It is so amazing. It is really amazing. And that's the other thing with fostering, too, is that you get to help place. You know, we process all the applications to adopt, but then you get that final say. So you get to place where you think your dog is going to do best. Um, and I think that's another rewarding part of it is you get that choice to figure out what that that best home for them is. And I think it's super easy, you know, some people are a little, I guess, maybe a little intimidating after they found out that, okay, the costs are all that. Okay, what happens next? You just fill out the application and we take it from there. Fill out the application and you may have a conversation with our really great foster team. Um, I love putting plugs in for our teams. They're amazing. <laughs> right? They deserve it. They do deserve it. They work their butts off. But yeah, they'll have oh a conversation, gosh. kind of what our expectations are, what your expectations are, what's best fit for you. Um, you know, when are you ready to start? What are your expectations? What are, you know, just everything. And then and then that way you can go into it and understand kind of everything. Uh, that's enough, Yeti. Um, you can go into it knowing exactly what everybody's expectations are, what have all your questions answered. Um, and then, you know, we'll start looking for that right foster for you. We might have dogs in the rescue that need fosters already, and one might be a good fit. If not, there are 5,000 dogs at the shelters right now needing help. Yes, we'll go pick one for you. We'll yes. just, you know, put in your order. Put in your order. Right? I'll go I'll go withdraw one. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, no, but and sometimes um, for the local shelters, we meet them, our fosters down there, and we kind of go meet a couple of dogs and see what's going to kind of resonate with you. Well, that's how you and I met. Was it? Yes. My very first foster ever. Okay. Yes. And see, she doesn't remember I don't me, remember. Folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I love you now. Yeah, of course. Of, of course. course. Yes. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah. mm -hmm. that's funny. See, she's saying it now. <laughs> um, but yes, that's how you and I met. That was um, Layla, my first foster ever. And you met me at Wake County Animal Shelter. Shout out to the amazing staff over there. Yes, yes. And Nicole has like VIP treatment anytime she walks into the shelter. So I was blown away when we were in parts of the shelter I'd never seen before. They were like, I'm like, whoa, I'm back here behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Yeah. And you grabbed two dogs and we went outside and I got to play. You didn't rush anything even though now I know folks that she's probably was looking at her watch when I didn't look at her and tapping her foot. <laughs> so. I was actually probably just answering emails on my phone is really what I was doing. Truthfully, mm -hmm. yes. But yeah, you didn't rush me. You let me get to know each one of the dogs in the way that I wanted to and let me make my decision. And some people 
need that and others don't. Others are like, just hand me the puppy or the dog or whatever that you need. And we'll accommodate and work with either one of those. But it's that easy to get started, right? Yes. And so it's, you know, and and then we kind of go into, you know, we... As a rescue person, um, and we, of course, love to talk about adoption and fostering and our rescue in general, and honestly, any rescue, any rescue that's a reputable rescue, foster for them, adopt from them, don't care, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we always hear the excuses on why they can't foster. And some, I will say, are absolutely legit excuses. But things like I um, could never give them up or would make me so sad or my kids wouldn't understand. Those kind of excuses, um, while I think that some of it is is due to people not having the accurate knowledge, it does irritate the crap out of me. It does. And it, and it, it irritates me because I don't think people realize how easy we make it and how easy it is to do and it can be a super rewarding part of your life and yeah it's simple to get started yes it is and you know yes it, it's sometimes sad to see them go and sometimes you're like yay <laughs> very true very true i have one in mind right now <laughs> but we won't name names nope. um but um you know the ones that are harder to go i love getting updates from their adopters and it makes me so happy that i helped that family or that person find a new family member and that was because i opened my home up to a, a foster and i got to help pick that perfect adopter for this dog and so while yes it is hard it's still something that i think once you get past your first one it's so rewarding yeah, I think you realize by, well, in my case, you realize that, okay, so if I keep this sweet guy that I've put all this work into and made perfection and, you know, if I keep that guy, I can't help anyone else. Right. Like, I, I'm done right yes. now. Right now, for right. the time being, for, like, what my life looks like. Right. Um, but... Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. And right. And so you have to make that choice. I mean, I just made the choice myself on a foster that I decided not to foster fail because it would make my house too full. And then that wouldn't allow me to foster the next dog. And for me, fostering is more important right now than adding to my pack. Yeah. Because I, I get that. the fulfillment from fostering. And some people talk about their kids. And we have a lot of families who have kids that foster. And I think for me, and I have kids too. Mine are not younger anymore. But it's such a teachable moment. It is for them to learn how to give back to their community and to help those who need that help. I agree. And responsibility and just being selfless with creatures, humans, everything. It's such a great lesson. It is. And even my kids now that are older, they still see it. They still see the work that we put in and, you know, what their mom does. And, um, you know, Lennon comes out to me all the time. He's like, but 
we can't let this one go. And I'm like, no, baby, we can. We can because that's what we do. And, you know, that one will go and I'll wake him up in the morning. I'll say, all right, this one's going. You got to come say goodbye. And he's like, all right, fine. And he says goodbye. And then the next one is his favorite, right? Like, because the next one's always the favorite. I was just going to say that, you know, we all have those favorites, right? And it's... um. And then you get a new one and your heart fills right back up again. And yeah, it's like a high. Definitely. It is a high every time I get a new foster and okay, so that's a little selfish, but I enjoy the freaking high. Yeah. I mean, you're, I hate to, you're saving a life. Yeah. In essence, you are literally saving a life. I mean, I don't know if. Um, everybody knows that, but we knows this. We get um, calls. Sometimes we get calls about the worst of the worst cases. Yeah, we do. Right? They're not all like um, perfect. Mm-mm. No, we they're get, not. We get medical cases that are sometimes not easy to look at or easy to mm-hmm. to manage, and you get this little baby or adult dog who has these conditions, and you are able to make them whole again, not yeah. only emotionally but physically, and it is kind of a high. Yeah, it is. I love it. I love it. I love the feeling of taking that dog from the shelter. I love the feeling of of getting that dog healthy mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And then I love the feeling of finding that that dog, that perfect home. So, um, you know, you're not only helping, but you're filling yourself up with good adrenaline. Yeah, and we realize that, you know, not everybody can take on super hard cases sure. like that. Now, we're not, all of the team is built for it, right? right. But it's they're not just- all Nicole Kincaid <laughs> for <laughs> just... <laughs> um, it, God, can you imagine the world no. filled with... Whole- <laughs> that um no no and and nobody expects everybody to take those harder cases but you still get the same thrill and excitement over a cute adorable puppy as you do over the hard cases i mean each have their own um merits and and differences but you still get that thing and you do still save a life absolutely and it's an amazing feeling and you know if you are um even if you try it once, or maybe even you're thinking about whether or not another dog would be good for you, or if a dog would be a good fit for you, this is a fostering is a good way to test that out. One thing I wanted to say is that you just brought it to mind, even if it's one time, we always need help with temporary fosters. Yes. Our fosters want to go on vacation. Um, they want to travel, they need, they have appointments, they have things with their children, family, what have you, emergencies come up. And I used to think that I was, for lack of a better term, stuck. Right. Like, I was there 100%. My time was, was there. I had to be there for that And you could have no life. No, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. Right. But. That's not the case. We need temporary fosters. And this is somebody who can come in with us for two days um, out of the week. One day to take um, a foster for a day just to give one of our foster homes a break. Absolutely. It's great. It's great help. It really is. And um, so they're important too. So, I mean, I think that we've hopefully given some people some foods for thought, right? The state of the world is terrible. Um. And you we're know, all falling apart and we're going to die. 
Yes. Um, but I do think that people should, if they question the reality of the crisis that we're going through with dogs, they should take a walk through the rest uh, shelters right now and see how at capacity they are and understand that the shelter staff are doing their best to get everybody out as fast as they can, but it's not possible without help from people. And you could be that people. Absolutely. And we hope you become those people. Absolutely. And that's why we're here is to hope that that we can encourage some people to maybe to apply. And if you're in the Raleigh area, um, pipsrescue.org, we can always use the fosters. Um, if you're not in the Raleigh area, I encourage you to ask around for a good, reputable rescue in your area because they are not all reputable. But there are some fabulous ones out there in every area. And find your good rescue and um, foster for them. And if it is absolutely not possible, right? Like maybe you have a dog, that is not great with other dogs and you know that it's not safe to bring in another dog, then volunteer because we need volunteers as well. And volunteers does not mean bringing a dog into your house. You can come to events and help there or you can go, you can help behind the scenes um, at night while you're comfy in your pajamas and we need it all. We need it all. And, and so does other rescues. It's not just us. It's everybody. So, you know, we do encourage you. And, um, you know, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that we finally got you on. Thank you so much. This was... Did I bribe you with wine? Is that how I got you over here? Yeah, you did. Okay, You good. did. And, uh, you know, it's fun. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to do it again, I think. Okay. I think so. I think you did great. So I think we need to figure out what our next podcast is. Awesome. So I want to thank everybody for coming on this journey with us today. I hope you think about fostering or volunteering or helping or however you can help. Um, As always, if you have any questions about fostering or volunteering, reach out to us. Um, You can find our contact at pipsrescue.org. And then subscribe and follow us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. We really appreciate the likes and the shares and rate us on there so that people um, continue to listen to us because we really just want to like educate people and bring people on fun journeys. Um, We're also looking for some what the fuck stories, some funny stories, any funny stories about your dog fostering rescues, anything like that. You can submit them at realdogtalk.org and you can also find all the Uh, your places to listen to the podcast on that website as well. And thank you guys, everybody. And we will see you soon. Have a good one.